Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's podcast. So today we are going to be talking about how to set intentions to live a life you really love. And when I say intentions, of course, we're going to look at it through the lens of clearing out the clutter of all the bullcrap that is holding us back to get to the things we really want to do, the life we love, the family we love, the passions we love. So if you want to follow along on this podcast, don't worry about trying to write anything down. It's all over at the blog at margaretstevens.co. Just look for this episode and you'll be able to find the steps of everything I'm going to go over so you can use this as an exercise that you can reference over and over again and if you want to think of this as the companion audio guide to it so that you can listen to the podcast and you can look at the notes and you can start to sit down and write out some of the answers to the questions I'm going to be asking you so as always let's go into a little bit of a story so what is an intentional life and why is it really important well over seven years ago I was working in corporate America and I was working in the IT industry. My background, I don't remember if I've told you guys this or not. My background is a degree in IT project management and I worked in healthcare facilities and then I transitioned out of healthcare facilities into the retail environment using the same skill set. So I'm in IT. I'm working for this startup company. I was literally number 50 employee, like employee number 50. Like I was number 50, not even joking. So there was 50 of us in this company. We were really small and we were working crazy hours. Now, mind you, it was a very intense environment when you're in IT, when you're in healthcare, both those environments are extremely intense. So to be working at a IT healthcare company was like the intensity like tripled. And one of the things that I noticed while I was working for that company, and I couldn't understand it until a couple years down the road, was that majority of us loved what we did. We loved working and helping other people. We loved streamlining processes. We loved making things simpler so that claims could get paid faster, so people could get their medication faster. But at the same time, our personal lives were all falling apart. At minimum, when we were at that com- when I was at that company, uh, at any given time, 50% of the staff was either in the middle of getting a divorce or going through couples counseling because our personal lives were just falling apart. Um, a lot of us were getting sick really often. Um, we were having a lot of health issues. And it was ironic because we were working at a company that was supposed to be making things easier for people to, you know, take care of their own health. So I'm going and working in this company and then um, they had some scale backs. They ended up automating some of the stuff in the department I was in got automated. So I got laid off and I'm looking at my life and it was of course a shock, Um, but I'm looking at my life and I'm going, wow, you know, I feel like my passion was taken from me. I feel like, you know, the past year and a half, almost two years that I've dedicated my life to is just gone. And I kind of felt a little lost. Um, and when it comes to living an intentional life, you know, some, it's different for everyone, but sometimes it can come in, like for me, and it came in the sense of having my day job ripped away from me. So therefore my identity in my head was ripped away from me. And so I felt lost where for other people, I've seen it be 
that it is, you know, you feel a sense of kind of wandering through life. You don't really have a purpose or you are just extremely frustrated at a bunch of things. Like there's a lot of friction going on. So there's either friction from your external environment, like your day job or um, things like that that control your money, like how you actually make money, or there's friction from your internal life where um, you don't have the best relationships, or maybe the relationships you do have, they're not at the level you want to have them at. So I started thinking of this theory, again, called setting intentions, but for a life, and I was thinking of this in the set of a life skill. So again, going back to life skills, um, in an episode down the road, I'll go ahead and do like the high overarching view of life skills and my philosophies behind it. But in this instance, a life skill is learning how to ask for what you want. Now, that is such a broad statement that setting the intentions to live the life you want is a version of that, but it's a scaled down, manipulated, tweaked version of that. So then that way, you can actually take it and apply it to something and it can be tangible. Because if I told you, hey, the key to all of this is just asking for what you want, you'll never get anywhere. Not because you're not smart enough. Of course you are. You're listening to this podcast. Yeah, I'm totally joking. But I know you're smart enough, but the whole point of this podcast is to ask you really great questions so that you can answer them so that they fit your life because the way things are going to fit your life may not fit my life. And that is totally okay. I, that's why I'm not like, I don't like cookie cutter. You know, every single person has to go through step A, step B, step C, step D. I don't like that type of of advice because it's not, you know, something that can grow with you, I feel it's something that's very rigid. And not everyone's life is a rigid life. And again, we all don't have the same beliefs, we don't have the same standards, we don't have the same family, we don't have the same finances, we don't live in the same parts of the world. So to try and give some type of universal advice that you have to follow it this way, I don't like that. So going back to setting an intention intentions is a very small, minute way for you to start asking out of yourself, what do you want in your life? So of course, I give you a couple of different steps. Again, don't don't worry, go to the website, margaretstevens.co. You can see the steps there. Um, just listen to them and start seeing what pops up in you as you're listening to the steps. Um, you know, the first, and I'll, I'll say this as a caveat, and I pretty much say this in every single podcast, but still it's deserving to be said. Whatever feelings or emotions instantly pop up and instantly come up inside of you, don't judge them. Acknowledge them and wonder why that came up, especially if it makes you feel bad or uncomfortable or even maybe upset. Um, It's a reason why it bubbled up to the surface. It's an emotion that needs to be dealt with. So don't judge yourself for it. So let's go into what I consider the four guiding steps to living an intentional life. So Step one, again, I am a huge fan of Danielle Laporte. So if you want, her resources are in the blog post. Step one, how do you want to feel? Now, that is a very deep question. So to give you examples throughout all of this, I want to feel calm. I want to feel spacious. I want to feel abundant. I want to feel connected. 
And so those are like a couple of my words that like my overarching theme of my life that I want to feel. So connected can mean um, I have a couple of pen pals that we actually old school email back and forth. And that is how we keep connected. So that helps me feel fulfilled in that part of my life. You know, I used to be on Instagram At the time of this recording, I am not on Instagram and I'm really not on social media because to me, it doesn't help me feel connected. Um, There are benefits of being on social media. I just don't really feel them. Um, So another one, I said calm. Um, It is extremely important to me and it has been important to me um, to varying degrees over the past pretty much decade since Ben and I got married um, to, to have a sense of calm. So Calm doesn't mean boring in our Stevens family household. Calm means non-chaotic. So there's still excitement. There's still intensity. There's still um, an air of pushing and going and going and going. But it's from a place of choice, not of a place of reactiveness. Like we're not going and going and going because, you know, we didn't manage our time right or we didn't manage our money right or we didn't manage our resources right or we overcommitted. We're going and going and going because maybe we're doing something we love. Maybe we're doing something we're excited of. Maybe we're spending the weekend and catching up with our family and this is something we're happy to do. So calm is a set of choices that we make in our household so that everything is somewhat intentional. So we kind of know how crazy our week is going to be so that on the flip side, we can go ahead and make sure we have the proper amount of downtime, which again, brings me back to feeling spacious. So, (laughs) um, at some point when I am ready, I will go into this. So it's not meant to be a tease, but it's kind of a tease. Um, we are transitioning from our three bedroom, two bath home to a, we currently live in a much smaller home and then we will be in the future building our next home. So spacious is kind of funny as I say this, because I'm recording this podcast in a, um, pretty, swanky but still fifth wheel trailer and mind you I have three dogs that weigh about 150 pounds each plus three cats plus the husband and I so when I say spacious that doesn't have to always mean physical things spaciousness is breathing room for us in our calendar and in our life so same thing with calm calm and spaciousness kind of go hand in hand for us so spaciousness means that I can open a cabinet and I don't have things like literally falling out in my face spaciousness means I have a couple of pre-designed down days in my calendar so that the introvert in me can recharge Um, because rest is extremely important to me where I didn't value it in the past, especially when I worked in like those very heavy, intense jobs like IT and healthcare. I didn't value rest because I didn't understand rest, which rest will be its own podcast because there's so many things I can give you resources for that would be, I think, really helpful. But going back to spaciousness. Spaciousness, again, is having the room in our calendar to breathe. Spaciousness is not having all of these things um, falling out of me every time I open up a drawer or a cabinet. Spaciousness is having only the things that we need so that I don't have to make a bajillion decisions every single time I want to do something. So it's almost on the lines of minimalism. Um, But again, it goes back to being intentional. The clothing I have, I 
you went through a phase of, you know, I would have a bajillion pairs of cheap jeans and I would burn through them every two or three months. So now I'm creating the spaciousness of having really good quality jeans, not necessarily expensive, but just good quality jeans that will last me six months to a year. So that decision is taken off of my plate. And that's another part of being spacious, at least for us, is we're not constantly making a decision every single second of our day. So I've hopefully given you some background on helping you decide how you want to feel. Now, if what I told you is not enough, um, go over to the website, go over to the blog. You'll see the link for the, the, the Danielle Laporte book, The Desire Map. She goes over, she's probably the best person I have ever met um, in person, which is another story. So I'll go into that real quick. So for one of our anniversaries, my husband and I got tickets to go see Danielle Laporte do a speak, uh, a speech. Yeah, a speech in Miami. And then we spent the weekend down in Miami. And it was amazing to meet her in person. I love her to pieces. So she is probably one of the best people out there that is really good at getting you not me, you to decide how you want to feel because feelings are important. Feelings are what's going to drive the way you make decisions and the way you react to things. So if you don't know how you want to feel, it's really, really hard to kind of react to life versus make a course through life. So I've given you a bunch of examples, but if those examples aren't enough, go grab the book. I've got the link to support the author. I've got the link if you've got an Amazon credit. And then she has a, a separate workbook that I love to go through once a year. And um, once you've read the book, you understand the philosophy. But she actually has a separate workbook where you can go over the questions like yearly. So you can kind of freshen up and re reevaluate how you want to feel and you know things can change over time you'll have your core values but it's kind of a nice way to go through that so that's step number one deciding how you want to feel step number two is write it everywhere so why am I saying write it everywhere especially when I'm just spent you know a couple minutes talking about being a minimalist well I want you to write it everywhere because I want this to be intentional. The whole point of this podcast is to live an intentional life. So writing it everywhere means knowing what your core values are, knowing how you want to feel. Going back to mine, it was spaciousness. It was calm. It was, I don't even remember at this point, but spaciousness and calm. Those are like the two overarching ones for like the year. Those are the two that are the most important this year. So I'm focusing on that. Um, so I'll use those two for the rest of this uh, podcast example. But I write that everywhere. So in my day job, when I am at work, and I am being slammed with a bajillion people in front of me, and phone calls, and a whole list of things that I need to accomplish, I still write on the top of my paper, I'll write the dates, and then I write how I want to feel. So sometimes I'll want to feel accomplished. And that means checking off a bunch of stuff on my to do list. But most of the time I want to feel spacious. And when I have a bunch of things being thrown at me, the way I can feel spacious is taking a moment to breathe or taking a moment to feel grateful or taking a moment to say thank you, but basically taking a moment to stop and pause. So writing it everywhere, let's go back to that. You can write it on your notebook at work if you have one that you use every single day. You can write it in your day planner. You can write it on your bathroom mirror. I know I have. You can create a uh, vision board and you can put it up in your office or in your bathroom or wherever. You can have it as a pretty background on your phone. I want this to be kind of in your face until 
you get to the point where someone's asking you and you automatically know, does it help you feel that way or does it pull you against that? And if it helps you, you know, if someone's asking you to commit to something and it doesn't help you feel how you want to feel, you'll know right off the bat because you've submerged yourself in how you want to feel and you've made it a conscious decision until it's a muscle. So that's why I write it everywhere. Uh, it's just something you'll do over time. And then, you know, a couple years down the road, you won't have to write it down everywhere. You can maybe write it down in one or two places. Um, I keep mine in a specific uh, note in my Evernote account. And that's kind of the only place I need it going forward. But again, it just takes practice. So writing it everywhere will help you live that intentional life because you can always have something to reference to versus saying, hold on, let me look at my day planner or let me go to the specific folder in my phone. You, you'll see it everywhere. So it's easy to be like, does it help me feel that way? Yes. Cool. I'll do it. No. Hmm. Let me say no. Thank you. So step number three, which of course was the perfect segue is have others help you live a life that sets good boundaries. So boundaries (laughs) is having other people help you set good boundaries. It probably sounds like an oxymoron, but bear with me. Um, When you know what you want, it's real when you are extremely clear on what you want. So again, going back to spacious and calm, if I want to feel calm and I want to feel spacious, Everyone in my life knows it. My husband knows it. My friends know it. My boss kind of knows it, whether he realizes it or not. Um, my coworkers know it. My accountant knows it. My lawyer knows it. Like everyone, like everyone knows that I want to feel spacious and calm. So when people are aware of how you want to feel, they start to change the way that they interact with you and maybe even talk with you so that they can help you feel that way. So for example, my accountant knows that I am a nervous wreck when it comes to taxes because I want to make sure he has all the documents and everything's done right and I have everything there for him to do his job. So for us to feel spacious, I take everything, I put it in a special Google Drive doc or Google Drive folder for him. It's all labeled. I email him. I'm not handing him a bajillion pounds of paper and saying, here, sort through it. Because to me, that doesn't feel spacious and it doesn't feel calm. Um, Having an organized Google folder feels calm. Having an email where, hey, everything is in the folder. Let me know if you need anything, yada, yada, yada. Thanks, Maggie. That feels spacious. So my accountant knows this. My accountant expects it. Same thing with my lawyer. That is how I communicate with one of my lawyers. Um, same thing with my family. My family knows that I do not respond well when I have to go ahead and, you know, have five or six or seven commitments in a week. Like I just get so frazzled and I can't handle it. So my family knows like, hey, if you're really frazzled, let's reschedule this. So it's a way for people that at least care about you to kind of help you live in a very intentional life because they know what you want out of your life. So again, share that, share your intentions with people that you trust. You don't have to share it with a perfect stranger if you don't feel comfortable. Um, but it's really helpful to share it with the people that you trust. And if there's, if that's a small group, that's fine. But, um, it's just really, it's a better return because they'll help kind of edit some of the decisions for you in a good way. 
when I say that at first, it can sound like it's bad. Like, oh, they're making the decision for me. No, they're just not going to bring bring you a bunch of crap that you like would automatically say no to because they're like, oh, so-and-so is automatically going to say no. Why am I even going to bother her? So it's going to help you kind of edit some of the things that you don't have to make a decision on. And then let's go into step number four. Step number four is building the worthiness muscle. So again, why am I harping on worthiness? Well, if you don't feel worthy to ask for what you want, it's going to be extremely hard to act, to even decide how you want to feel. It's going to be extremely hard even on top of that to live an intentional life. So let me give you a tangible example. If you do not feel worthy of love, you will let people that are supposed to love you treat you like shit. If you do not feel worthy of a spacious calendar and you think that that is not the right thing to do, you will let people overbook you and you will overbook yourself because you don't feel worthy enough to say no. If you do not feel worthy of rest and you think that the only way to get ahead in life is to constantly be going until you basically fry yourself out from the inside out, you'll keep going until you fry yourself from the inside out while inside of you, you're wishing you could sit down and rest and relax. So a lot of this has to do to start with, with worthiness, but in this scenario, it's kind of easy to flip the script and do it backwards. How do you want to feel Write it down everywhere so you can see it. Let the people that you trust in your life know this is how you want to feel. And then you can start asking for what you want. And over time, it will get easier to ask for this. So I started working the these steps basically probably about six years ago. So a little bit after I left that one corporate job I was telling you about in the beginning of the podcast, um, I was at my next corporate gig and I was listening to a YouTube video and that is how I discovered Danielle Laporte, bought her book right afterwards, dove into it. It rocked my world and literally in my cubicle, I'm not even joking. I wish I had a picture of it. In my cubicle, I had my top core desire feelings, which if you read the book, you'll understand what that is. It's basically the top things of how I wanted to feel. And it was like, love, love has always been one of them, but it was like accomplished, um, expansive, knowledgeable and love and something else. Um, and during that phase in my life, those are the things I really wanted to feel. I wanted to feel like I knew a lot because I was also, um, getting ready to graduate college. I wanted to feel worthy. I wanted to feel like my, um, my possibilities were endless. So that was really important to me back then. I had to learn how to ask for it though. So having it written down in my cubicle was kind of like a little touchstone touchstone point for me to go like, hmm, is this going to help me hit these goals? No? Okay, let me go ahead and pass on it. Um, but like I said, the worthiness got built over time. I learned how to ask for what I want from my bosses. I learned how to ask for what I want from my spouse. I learned how to ask for what I want from my accountant. You know, I learned even how to ask for what I want from myself. So it's like, okay, I want to have accomplished A, B, C, and D. You know, does it help me meet my goals? Does it help me feel how I want to feel? You know, let me start knowing that I am worthy of even asking of that from myself, which sounds, hopefully you can understand this if you're at that level, because it's a really deep concept. When you are saying I am worthy of asking out of 
asking better things of myself. I am worthy of rising up to meet the challenge and asking of myself, you know, more in a healthy manner. So the worthiness thing, if you're new to it, don't worry about it. It's a muscle. It can build over time. For me, it took pretty much six, almost seven years to get where I am at now. So don't think that this is something you'll even do in a year. This is something that, you know, within a decade and not to scare you, but to be honest, within a decade, you're going to be in such a different place because those muscles will be built. They will be healthy. They will be maintained. It's going to be so easy breezy. It's not even funny. So as you go through this journey, don't, don't, despair and don't beat yourself up about it because you know you're just taking baby steps it's going to take time but again the bonuses of why you want to live an intentional life so I've gone through this entire spiel I've given you the steps you're like okay well this is awesome why the hell do I want to do this because you're going to feel fulfilled so I could tell you you're going to hit these goals. I could tell you you're going to achieve this. You're going to make that. You're going to see this. You're going to do that. And that's awesome in a sense, but it's very kind of fluffy answers. The real answer is you're going to feel fulfilled. You're going to feel like, wow, the time I spent this past year living an intentional life was well worth it. I don't regret um how I lived my year. I don't regret the decisions I made. I don't regret the path I took. I don't regret the way my life is going. You know, it's, it's as depending on how old you are when you're listening to us or how old you feel on the inside, because sometimes your age doesn't match your inside age. Um, when you start to live life on purpose, when you start to do things that bring you joy, when you start to ask yourself how you want to feel, when you start building that worthiness muscle, you'll start to live a life of, damn, I did a good job. Damn, that was worth it. And I always go back to this feeling that I have said this for years. When I eventually die one day, which is a terrifying concept to even try and conceive of, but when I die, I want to die with the phrase, I call it empty. I want to die knowing that I have done what I came here to do, said what I came here to say, and I lived a very good purposeful life. Like I got the things that really were important to me. Like I got those things done. I spent time with my family. I took conversations. I recorded them and I shared them with others so that they could live a better life. I helped other people. I donated it to charities. Um, I made things simpler for people because that is ultimately probably my life's work is how can I make things simpler for people? So when you live an intentional life and you know that these are the things that are really important to you, Yes, every single day is going to eventually as time goes by, go by faster. And you're like, oh my God, I want life to slow down. But you kind of feel so full inside because you feel like, wow, like this was worth it. You know, this week was worth it. Yes, it was a busy week. Yes, I did a lot. Yes, it could have always gone slower, but it was worth it. And when you live an intentional life, there's this air of calmness inside of you that people can just pick up on. Like your bosses will pick up on like, oh, how are you so calm in this crisis? You're like, well, I know what the end goal is. It's okay that right now it's crazy. I know what we're going to need to do to get there. Your family picks up on it. Your friends pick up on it. It's it's something you can't fake when you are living life that's intentional and purposeful. So that is going to be like the biggest kind of 
reward outside of feeling calm inside is you're going to have this sense of calmness that's going to, you know, kind of ooze out of your pores that other people are going to pick up on. And the good part is people are going to flock to you like butterflies. The bad part is people are going to flock to you like butterflies. So that's where, you know, having good boundaries kind of kicks in. And when people start asking things of you that you just don't think you know, will help you live that life. That's where the worthiness muscle comes in. So you can kind of say no, but I want you to think of these things. This is a really good podcast, depending on when you're listening to it, if you're listening to it live, or if you're listening to it, um, you know, random at a random time, maybe it's like June when you're listening to this. Um, doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter what time of year it is. Don't wait for the beginning of the year. Don't wait for the beginning of the month. Don't wait for the beginning of anything. Take a moment, take five minutes, put a timer on your phone, stop and write down, you know, the answers to these four questions. How do you want to feel? Where are you going to write this down at? Are you going to write it in your journal, your day plan or your phone? How are other people going to help you live a really good life with boundaries and what things do you need to build on so that you feel worthy of asking of these things? And I hope that asking you these questions that you can live a more intentional life. And if you have any questions, you know the drill. Go over to the website, margaretstevens.co. Go ahead and write it in the comments or you can send me a personal message and I am more than happy to give you whatever feedback you are asking of me. I hope you have a great day. Bye guys. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.